Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And today we're joined by Mary Shore, who teaches New Testament here at the seminary. Thanks for joining us, Mary. Hi, Eric. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Uh, so our, our topic that we wanted to talk with you about, uh, you wrote this essay, What Was Jesus Like as a Child? And uh, just to start us out, um, you, you talk about the four canonical Gospels, and particularly the two that, that even speak about Jesus as a child or as an infant. But there are these other stories that are floating around uh, in the early church um, from uh, extra, uh, non-canonical Gospels, for Gospels that uh, stories that didn't make it into the Bible as we have it. Um, could you say a little bit about those, what kind of stories those are? Sure. Um, probably the one that people have heard the most is a story of Jesus as a little child. And he's, you know, how you make mud pies when you're a kid or you play uh, outside and you're building things, sandcastles or whatever. Well, he builds a few clay birds. Uh -huh. And then he, as if I remember the story correctly, he claps his hands and the birds fly away. Huh. So uh, they come to life and off they go. That's a good trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and imagine like how be. impressed your friends would be if you could pull it off. <laughs> it would have made junior high um, easier, I think. <laughs> uh, so there, there are stories usually of some sort of miracle. Uh -huh. uh, there's uh, another one of Jesus uh, irritated with one of his playmates, and uh, he he uh, he kills him actually, or or um, you know speaks, and the and the child dies, and then his mother makes him bring the child back to life, which he's also able to do. Another good trick you can hear in these that I mean they sound really quite unlike anything we have uh, from Jesus as a child or really even as an adult he doesn't do he doesn't do parlor tricks right. he he heals people when he's an adult he does miracles certainly but they're toward another end they're not toward a sort of uh, uh, circus trick kind of uh, end and so uh, that may be as good a reason as any for why they don't find their way into scripture. They seem finally to the people in the earliest church to be um, uh, not in character for Jesus as we know him from other sources. And it seems to me too that part of it is that it's a question about who Jesus is more than what Jesus was like as a child. I mean, the question about what he was like as a child is part of a bigger question. So if if you know the early church is struggling with that, these ideas, if Jesus was in some sense fully God, then can can he can Jesus perform miracles when he's a little child? Does he have to wait till he's eighteen or till he gets older? Um, it's fundamentally about his identity, isn't it? I think that's a great point. That uh, that we're one of the reasons probably for developing stories like this or telling them is to get at uh, who Jesus who Jesus was yeah. and not just sort of who he was after his baptism or who he was as an adult, but people want, uh, want some, um, I don't know, verification maybe, or some way of talking about him as different mm. from us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what's most striking to me about the stories of Jesus as a, an infant or a child in the, in the, uh, four gospels in scripture is that he, he isn't all that different mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. um from us or from our kids yeah i love the uh the the line uh in the last part of your essay you say um 
in fact, they seem, they seem to have treated him, that is Jesus' family, as a regular child, no more or less of a miracle than any of our children are. So, of course, children are miracles, but, uh, but, but Jesus is, uh, at least in the, in the gospel stories that we have, um, particularly the one uh, in Luke where his parents are wondering where he is, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's like any other child. They don't seem to... Um, treat him differently than they would another child. Right, and think of the stories that your parents told your spouses when they were being introduced to the family, or (laughs) your teenage friends or college friends when they wanted to embarrass you. I mean, they're... um, uh, the story about Jesus in the temple is kind of like that. Oh, he's a, yeah, he's yeah. a precocious kid. He he frightens his mother. It it all works out okay. Yeah. Um, and there he is. And so when you look back on it, after you know him as an adult, mm-hmm. and you look back on that time when he was a kid and he stayed behind and they found him in the temple, you know, uh, it, it's as if you can kind of see there was a trajectory beginning yeah. that would take him deeper and deeper into God's word and and into conversation about, about uh, God's will and into living that out. So uh, that story kind of kind of points the direction for for what's going to happen in his life uh, but it again it's not um i think what was striking to me as i researched this was i don't know if i expected to find this but i noticed it when i didn't find it that his his parents seem like normal parents too mm-hmm. uh-huh. that they uh-huh. they don't treat him like um you know uh even though they in the gospels they know of his quite unusual beginnings yes, in Matthew yeah, and Luke. Yeah. They know about the virgin birth and all of that, but they don't treat him like, um, um, like a, um, a household God or something, you know, they, right, they, right. they still have to, um, discipline him. They have to, um, he, he's, he's curious to them. They presumably, um, feed him and teach him and, yeah. and change his diapers and all of those things that you do with regular kids. Right. Yeah. It seems that despite all these big things that happen around Jesus, especially in Luke, you know, before he's born and right after his birth, that his childhood seemed, must have been utterly ordinary. Uh, because even in Luke, except for that instance when he's 12 at the temple, uh, Luke kind of glosses over those years with these little summary statements that he, you know, he grew up. And that's yes, all he tells he us. Yes, he grew. I love that summary statement, though, that he grew in wisdom and stature and yeah. favor with God and human beings. Which is pretty much what you'd want for any yeah. uh, any kid. Uh, I, I think it's interesting if if we wonder why why we have the stories in some places and we don't have them in other places. Um, it, it, you know, Paul doesn't need uh, Paul cre- uh, founds all sorts of Christian communities in Asia Minor, and he doesn't. At least we from his letters, we don't have any uh, stories of Jesus as a kid, mm-hmm. or even the virgin birth stories. Um, and in the Gospel of Mark and John, Jesus, when we see him uh, the first time, he appears on the scene as an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those communities, ap- apparently it was way more important to talk about the things Jesus did as an adult, about his ministry and his death and resurrection, than it was uh, to fill in gaps about his childhood. What about Matthew and Luke then? Why the why the infancy stories there, do you think? It, we're guessing, of course, sure. right, but right. I think uh, um, generally we think those gospels are uh, later. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if people um, 
don't want to know some more about mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about this one um, to whom they've devoted their lives, and so um, so it's a little bit like just sort of trying to fill in the gaps, yeah. and it is a big gap, right? If you start with Jesus in his late twenties and right. his ministry, right. well, what was going on before this one who is God's uh, who is God with us, according to Matthew? Uh, or you know what what can we say about him as as a child right. and so we get these little bits and and in Matthew of course we get uh, something that looks a lot like uh, Moses's um, right. the the infancy of infancy of Moses yeah. and the yeah. dangers that uh, including that Egypt happen there yeah. yeah I wonder if there's something there that there's all these echoes of of, of stories from the Hebrew scriptures uh, and Luke these stories of infertility of and in Matthew these connections to Moses and the Exodus story that in a way maybe Matthew and Luke kind of start the story earlier in order to make the point that this isn't something new this isn't something a detour from God's plan or God doing a new, uh, something entirely new but that it it's inter it's interwoven with the story of Israel uh, in kind of an, an intentional way to say this is what God has been doing all along uh, maybe there's something there as well it's kind of theological imperative to bridge these two worlds together. That's a great point, and I hadn't thought of it. So here I am learning something You're today. Welcome. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> I'll publish it under both our names. Um, uh, yeah, that it's not just that we want to know more about Jesus and his background, but we want to connect. We want to understand the connections he has to the whole. Uh, of God's work uh, in and with God's people, Israel and, and humanity. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I hadn't put it quite that way or thought of it quite that way, but I think that's true. What's, what's theologically at stake uh, in all of this? Uh, why does it um, perhaps not matter as much what Jesus was like as a 15 year old or a 10 year old or whatever, as it is um, what Jesus was like as an adult? Um, first, I, I want to say I think it's really interesting. I think it's an interesting question, what Jesus was like as a teenager. And it makes me kind of sad that we don't have any data. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we really don't have any data. We don't know. Uh, um, we, we, we just conjecture even to the point of how much carpentry did he know or what yeah. language did he speak. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. things are, are just not available to us. Um, um, but you asked about a sort what's of what's stake, theologically right? yeah. at stake. Yeah. Why, do, why do we, I mean, is there any reason for, to still care about these kind of questions today? What Jesus was like as a child gets uh, finally to the question of the, I think, of the two natures of Christ when we talk about him as truly human mm-hmm. and truly divine. Uh, and we won't, uh, the, traditionally the Christian uh, witness doesn't want to let go of either of those things. And so... Um, we don't have um, a savior who who just um, put on human flesh kind of like a garment that he could take off, uh, uh, who, who walked around masquerading as a human. And, and we don't have um, a really good guy either who, uh, who never intervened in any of, uh, any of, creation's natural laws or something like that we do we have just a great teacher right a great teacher who said um memorable things we have uh we have these two um natures present fully in christ and for the human nature to be present fully in christ he had to have uh 
a learning curve. I, I mm. mean, he had mm-hmm. somebody had to mm-hmm. potty train him. I, uh, and um, he had to and, learn how to speak. And he had to learn how to speak, and it, yeah. and he spoke a particular language and not every language, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things are true. So I think theologically, what's at stake is is uh, is nothing less than the two natures of Christ. His humanity uh, is is part of what we're talking about when we talk about his childhood. It, it's such a powerful tension in our faith, this tension between the humanity of Jesus and the in uh, his divine identity as well. And I find that often we, we're not very comfortable with those tensions, so we try to resolve it. And so often I've seen that in a lot of churches, our tendency is to make Jesus a little more God-like than human-like. And I wonder if that might be one function that the infancy gospels or the uh, these infancy stories have for us. It's this constant reminder that despite how extraordinary Jesus was, he had a very ordinary childhood and uh, in a lot of ways lived like any other child did. And that that's something significant about the way that God chooses to, um, something significant about the way God chooses to walk alongside us. I think that's true. That the that this is about the incarnation. This mm-hmm. is about God becoming human, and it it's about the the uh, finite that is um, this little person. I mean, when we talk about the finite bearing the infinite, often we're talking about Mary bearing yeah. Christ but um, I think also we uh, we can speak of the finite um, bearing the infinite where we when we say Jesus uh, is the presence of God with us uh, thanks Mary this has been a, I think a really interesting conversation a really great piece and I'm sure it will inspire lots of thinking in our hearers and readers so thanks yeah, again for thank your work you, oh, it's great to be with you thank you for joining us in Bible Q&A you can find more information at enterthebible.org Join us again.